0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast. We're the Three Rivers Boys. My name is Zach. My name's Jake.
1: And I'm Steve.
0: And we're here today to uh, pick up where we left off last time with uh, part two of our spoiler breakdown for Stephen King's The Gunslinger, which is the first book in the Dark Tower series. We're just going to get right into heavy book spoilers for the first book so if you haven't read that this is not an episode for you
1: uh yeah so they're climbing up this uh mountainside and they come into contact with the man in black for the first time in those in the book right
0: yeah uh well not for jake again but for roland for roland yes yes So, Roland, like, the first thing he does when he sees him is he fires off three shots real fast. And uh, the man in black gets off a pretty good line. He says, would you kill your answers so easily, gunslinger?
1: Roland's like, man, I
2: wish I had missed. <laughs> <laughs> and, this uh this is just, like, straight black, magical. Like, he, like, dances around the bullets. I mean, it's, like, not even a threat.
0: Yeah. It's like trying to shoot Darth Vader with a laser blaster, kind of. So the man in black refuses to talk to Roland just yet. He says, We'll speak on the other side, I think, the man in black said. On the other side, we will hold much counsel and long palaver. His eyes flicked to Jake and he added, Just the two of us. Mm. Palaver is it crazy? And then he like flashes his cloak. And uh, disappears into a cleft in the rock. This is
2: like a real corgi disappeared too. It's, it's almost like... <laughs> this gave me, like, Job from uh, Arrested <laughs> Development vibes. Like, he throws a little smoke pellet on the ground and disappears.
1: I, I actually really didn't like this because he's, like, I don't know, maybe 20 feet away from them or something, it seems.
0: He's, like, up like, a very tall, like, stone slab, though, that they would have to, like... Climb so hand run, in your hand, I think.
1: I like. Do you think he's gonna run away? He's
2: yeah. magical. He doesn't have to run away.
1: Yeah, but does he like? What, it'd be so funny if he's like he turns around, he sees Roland like ar- arms up to his ears, like pumping his arms so he can run <laughs> faster, and he just like just like full tackle, like full form tackles him. Well,
2: he's like up on a cliff, like Zach said. You'd have to like scale a cliff. You'd have to catch him. Yeah, I mean Roland doesn't try to do that because you can't like speed climb a cliff in real life.
1: I've done it before. No, you haven't. (laughs) Faster than you. So Roland
0: gives gives Jake like one last chance to uh, take off on his own. He says, come with me or stay. The gunslinger repeated and felt something happen in his mind. An uncoupling. That was the moment at which the small figure before him ceased to be Jake and became only the boy. An impersonality to be moved and used.
2: God, that's depressing.
1: See, I'm not that attached to Jake at this point. I think he's kind of a little,
2: little, little thing to be used. I can understand that. I know why you're feeling
0: like that. He's a human child, Steve. He's not a thing to be used.
1: He's just a human, really. You yeah. don't have to give him the, the qualifier there.
2: Yeah, you do. Why? Children are innocent and pure and of more value that's, like, bullshit. That's not. I don't think so. Children are our future.
1: You wouldn't help youth. a
0: child that you found in the wilderness?
2: I don't know. I'd keep him at arm's length or twice. Okay, like, if you were walking down the street and you saw, like, a homeless, like, 12-year-old versus a homeless, like, road man, like, I'd be much more likely to, like, be like, what's wrong, little 12-year-old? Like, <laughs>
1: I usually don't ask people if they're homeless when I see them,
2: but <laughs> this is a hypothetical, I, Steve. Yeah, I mean,
1: like you know, I, I see people in the street a lot, but you don't like, see twelve don't year olds know, kids, on the street yeah, a lot. Sure, sure you're right. I, if I saw a, a little kid right now in ten degree weather s- sitting there cold, I'd probably call the police, and then they could handle it. Roland's not the police.
0: There are no police.
2: I mean he really he so actually, he is he the he basically, the he basically is the police. He, yeah, he yeah. kind of is, yeah.
0: yeah. He's he's a gunslinger. That's like the police, really. Fair. He's a knight. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically the end of that uh chapter or short story. And we move on to the next one entitled The Slow Mutants. Hmm. You st- if you read the uh, prequel story, Little Sisters of Aloria, before you got this, you've seen these guys before. Steve read that.
1: I did. I listened to it, and they were a little more capable than these tunnel
0: rats. But I don't. These guys are pretty clever too. I think Roland's just more formidable than he was when he was younger.
2: Oh wow, Steve! Uh, did you read that before the Gunslinger? Yes. Okay.
0: I haven't read we that yet. We listen to it in the car, mostly. Mm-hmm. On the way back and forth from Wheel of Time podcast recording sessions.
1: It's the Sisters of Aloria,
0: right? Have to, Little Sisters of Aloria, yeah. I'll have to find that Might when even be where he got
2: his- Fall of Hyperion. Might it's even be in, where he uh, got his games.
0: It's in Everything's Eventual, which is in my Audible library. Mm, okay. He's calling you out. But yeah, let's uh, get into here. <laughs> I have, uh, Jake and Roland to make their way through the long dark of Moria following a railroad track and eventually with the aid of a hand car.
1: Does he tell a story before the handcar?
0: I think he tells it like a little bit at a time. Like he kind of warms up to it. Uh, I think he talks about the spring cotillion before they're even like in the hole, maybe, or maybe not. So yeah, we get the story of the Spring Cotillion in Gilead, which is basically like a medieval castle with electric uh, stuff in it. It sounds like lots of lights everywhere and opulent decorations, and they have all this crazy, like rotating buffet of food while everybody's dancing.
2: rich yeah, people. Gilead is a very successful place and they have a lot of this technology from the old people and that's where they get these... Yeah, they're, they're like basically
0: that. like medieval nobility. What do they refer to them as?
2: I keep saying old people. The the ancient ones? The old
0: ones? What is it? Oh man, I can't remember now. Old. I ones, don't maybe. remember
1: them referring to this. but Okay. Anyways... They're very similar
2: to ancient nobility, not remembering, Uh, and and the gunslingers are very much like knights, uh, but with pistols.
0: And their role is to like protect as much of civilization as possible, as like the world kind of descends more and more into chaos. They're kind of like Uh, the last
2: shining beacon of hope. Uh, This definitely has King Arthur's court vibes.
1: They also think their like shit smells better than everyone else's. It does. It's very flowery. I don't know if it does. I'm not convinced yet.
0: So during this uh, spring dance here, Roland and his friends like sneak up in the rafters to watch. They're not like old enough to uh, partake themselves, and they witness this like. Really elaborate, like sensual dance between Roland's mom and the uh, court advisor Martin, and uh, it's like very strongly hinted that something's going on there.
1: Fuck this guy! And I think this <laughs> is where Roland mentions that his dad killed his mother.
0: Um, I don't think he says that because that's not. He true. says
1: matricide. He says, and that's when my. And and later my father committed matricide.
0: That's not what it says.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you're what, remembering that wrong. Is, or or Roland is remembering it, it wrong. Roland kills his mother?
0: Uh Huh. We can't say that right now.
1: Wait, can we pause then?
0: I mean that's what the implication if he's saying it's matricide, then it's his mom. Like his dad killing his wife wouldn't be matricide.
2: That's in this book, isn't it? Yeah, Roland says
1: he's like, Hey. And I I we saw that guy that. dancing with my mom and You don't and see it became, happen
0: until like a couple books from now.
1: Uh, I mean but he, he does say he says like later she became a victim of matricide. Okay. Which is foreshadowing. There you go. There's your foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does like to spoil his own things, like Jake said. So uh, then we get the story uh, also later on of how mm-hmm. Roland won his guns.
1: And I was saying this to Zach while we were taking a break that maybe this is my favorite part. And he he was saying, like, isn't it nice that you can't decide?
0: <laughs> it's all good. So uh I like this scene. It's like Roland is like on his way to the roof of the castle to jerk off. <laughs> and like on what? his way up there he passes <laughs> Yeah, you didn't pick that up? No.
1: Oh, he definitely says that. He's, He's like, like awaiting the re-reli- pleasures re-reli-
0: of his hand or something on the roof. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: fuck. That's it. And everybody everybody else seems to know too. Yeah. Definitely Martin does.
0: Yeah, Martin, like, at the end of this confrontation, Martin says, like, go then and seek your hand. Or oh, go I'm and like- find your hand.
1: Super rude.
0: <laughs> so yeah, he sees his mom's door open while he's on his way to beat off. <laughs> and uh he goes in and Martin's in there, like and they're like kinda it's obvious that like Martin and his mom just got done banging. They're like kind of in half-dressed state, like everything's disheveled and Martin is like being weirdly handsy with her. post bliss.
1: She almost seems like wanting him to fuck off. <coughs> well, that's probably because she sees her son.
0: Well, she's like super embarrassed, yeah, because she doesn't want to be like caught doing this by her son. She's cheating on his dad. And Martin's like, yeah, I'm fucking your mom. Or doesn't that piss you off?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's such a dick about it, <laughs> and this is where we get crazy eyes, right?
0: Yeah, he does like this crazy like smile. I think it is. Martin like proceeds to just like insult the fuck out of Roland, and Roland's like, "Hey, you work for me, bitch," and Roland's like, "Get out of here, go and find your hand." Martin and says after yeah, Roland. That to like Roland. Martin's definitely doing this on purpose he's trying to piss Roland
2: off he wants a reaction out of him
0: well he wants him to try to go for his guns because he thinks that court will like beat him and then Roland will have to like go into exile and he won't be a threat anymore right
1: well that doesn't work nope Roland gets crazy eyes about this, too. He's like, oh, I
0: am going to go get the guns. (laughs) And then, like, as uh, Roland leaves, he hears Martin, like, smack his mom across the face and be like, shut your hole, you bitch. (laughs) Stop talking.
1: Which is, like, kind of ridiculous because she wasn't, like, even
2: talking that much.
1: He's just an asshole.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely.
0: So Roland challenges court. Uh, this is like an initiation, right, that all the gunslingers have to go through. When they think they're ready, they challenge the teacher to a round of physical combat. And if they can beat him, then they go on to become gunslingers. And if they lose, they go into exile. So it's all or nothing to put up or shut up time. And Roland is doing this, like, several years before anybody expects him to.
1: Uh, Yeah, like, they say, like, two years, basically. He's 16, and it it seems like something you should do whenever you're 18. He's 14. Oh, really? He's 14, yeah. Wow, that's super young. I thought some time had passed since the
2: first story. I think you know, they he,
0: said his dad was like the youngest one to have ever done, done it at sixteen, and Roland was going to do it like two years before he did.
2: Yeah, it's oh, like okay. it's like super young, like ridiculously young. He's not going to make it. Yeah, Cor and they, zero faith.
1: And they mentioned that he like hasn't had sex yet too.
2: He's like, I beg you. I,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, he's like, you're the best student off. I've ever had. Like, yeah. please don't make me banish you. It's too early he's like they, I'm about they describe to beat Ro-
2: the ever loving shit out of you and you'll never yeah. get a chance again well they describe it as
1: uh, Roland is like I know that he's sleeping right now because he's gonna go for whores tonight so I'm gonna go talk to him and piss him off and get him out of bed and Roland's I think Court guy. comes out of his Court comes out of his house in his underwear and is like what yeah. do you want <laughs> I love this scene.
0: So, uh, Court meets Roland at the challenge yard, and Roland has elected to use his pet hawk, David, as his uh, weapon of choice. Yeah, I love this choice here. So the fight starts, and he just, like, launches his hawk at Court's face, and it just starts, like, tearing him apart.
1: (laughs) Well, before you get to that, I mean, like, Roland says... Or, I'm sorry, Court says, What weapon are you going to choose? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, Are you going to bring your stick? And he's like, You know, I am. And so they're says, really allowed to bring one off?
2: weapon to the fight. You have to choose a weapon that you can bring, and then they it, it's hand to hand combat from there. Not a gun. It can't be yeah. a gun, right? It has to be like a melee weapon, but. Yeah. But well, he says, Why don't you using cry
0: bows And bows, which are uh, crossbows and. Worms. Okay. Vernacular.
1: Oh, you can use those things? Yeah. Okay. Um, but part of this ritual he was saying like you can't go back. He's like why don't you cry off now and I'll forget about this. And Roland says like he they describe his crazy eyes again and he says no, we're doing it and and he says basically like hey man, you you forced me to do this and he actually takes a knee I think. And he's and they do their ritual in high speech. Yeah. Uh, and and, and Cord actually breaks the ritual and says, "Cry off now." I'm
2: telling you to, you know. And Roland wants to do this so that he can get his guns and kill Martin. That's basically what yeah. his motivation is here. And and Which I is, think uh, is
0: exactly what Martin wants him to do.
2: Yeah, and I, I think Court even knows this a little bit, and is is basically begging him, like, "Not now. You're too hot headed. This isn't the time." And you only really get one shot at this. Like, if you fail. You get banished forever. Also, your dad's not here, I think he says.
0: Yeah, usually this is like a big deal that they like know about like months ahead of time and everybody gets prepared for it and your whole family comes and watches you like have your ceremony. The rule is uh, just yeah. like now.
1: And he he does leave and he gets his friend. Daniel the hawk and he like talks to Daniel and says like hey I might have to kill you today (laughs) so another instance of Roland using people close to him
0: yeah this is great foreshadowing for like the kind of thing that Roland is just gonna do for the rest of his life like sacrifice people that he cares about so he can continue his journey to the dark tower Which I don't think he knows he's on at this point, but he is. No,
1: I I don't think so. Uh, But also Daniel is named after Daniel and Goliath. So the... David. Yes, sorry, David. Okay, I think I've said Daniel several times. But (laughs) yes, David and Goliath who uses the sling to kill the giant. So that's pretty neat. Have we been calling him
0: Daniel this whole time? I don't
1: remember. We might have, yes.
0: (laughs) <laughs> the hawk's name is David. Sorry, David. You're a real and We respect you. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: think uh, I've been saying David. Yeah, so I'm not sure. We'll never know.
2: Wait, <laughs> is it Daniel or David? It's David. Yeah, I've been saying David. Okay. I've been saying
1: Daniel, I think. <clears throat> but So he shows up to the fight, and Court's all like, hey, you dumbass. Where's your weapon? and he lets David hop down off of his no he I think he just takes the hood off of David
0: Spiro I choose you
1: and then he let and then David hops off his arm onto the ground and I think that's when court realizes that uh oh I I actually I oh, man I wish I had we had the quote here but he says he like, does like realize that
2: them. he's at a disadvantage he's like I don't know what's going on he's taken aback he doesn't like it he doesn't feel in control of the situation anymore (laughs) and
1: Roland says
2: David kill
1: and the bird attacks Court's face which is already I think he's partially blind in one eye
0: yeah Court is like a very scarred uh, gnarly dude he kind of I mean, reminds me of walk to
2: death dead. for like 50 years. <laughs> think about how many times he's th- done this.
0: Yeah, his job is to just like have brutal fights all the time.
2: <laughs> and to Who's basically lose in the end. Like all the Gunslingers that are Gunslingers lost to, or, or beat Court. You know what I, think I mean? think he, he
0: still like wins more than he loses though. They say they send a lot of people west.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought actually he hasn't had a successful student yet.
0: I think he taught Roland's dad, too.
1: Oh, okay. Uh who is the blue skin guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, uh Jake.
2: Drax. What are you
0: doing? Yeah, that's the green skinned guy. You're oh, talking the about the guy, guy from uh the Mary Poppins guy, How oh, Mary Poppins,
1: yeah, the one with the mohawk. Oh him? yeah, yeah, that guy, that actor, kind of—that's who I picture when I picture Court.
0: I can see that. Oh, okay, the guy from—he's uh, in Walking Dead too.
2: Yeah, exactly. He has got that gravelly voice.
1: That and he's just like a hard ass.
0: Yeah. All right. It looks so, like he's uh, scarred. That's the end of Roland's flashback, and uh, no, no, Zach.
1: Please, he has sex.
0: <laughs>
1: he goes to the whorehouse.
0: Yes, he does.
1: Uh, but he also picks up uh, David while his wings are broken and throws it at Court's face. Um, I, I don't. You don't have any of the quotes from Court. He's because he tries to say, "Let me give you one more piece of advice." Um, yeah, we don't have that here, but
0: he basically says to like wait a while before he goes and does goes after like who he's trying to go after. Court knows that like he must be like needing to kill somebody if he took the test this early. So he's like wait until your uh, shadow grows hair and gets scary. He's like build your reputation like let the story circulate so people are scared him more.
1: Then he falls asleep.
0: Was Court
2: at the dance? Did he witness Martin dancing with Roland's mom? Is that why he knows what's up? I don't think up?
0: so. No, I don't okay.
2: think.
1: I think he just saw the craziness in Roland's I mean, eyes. He just,
0: like it's insane for somebody that young to try it. So he knows that he must have like a reason. Yeah. And I don't
1: I don't think Jake is impressed by the story that much.
0: Well, I think he just realizes that like he's David. (laughs) Yeah, true. He's like, oh, that story doesn't bode well for me. So they're continuing down the track and they, uh, run into some slow mutants like we talked about earlier. Uh, And they start to, like, attack them. And they even, like, set an ambush where they, like, throw a bunch of rocks on the track. So they have to stop the hand car and, like, clear the tracks.
1: Yeah, this was fun because he had to, like, tell Jake, like, hey, like, you have to do it because I'm the one with the guns. And Jake's all like, you're going to fucking leave me. And he's like, you don't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs)
0: but Roland just ends up like blasting a hole and protecting Jake and they escape. So Jake's fine for now. And they continue like rolling their cart through the darkness until they get to like this, uh, like station or terminal. And there's a bunch of like old abandoned shops and some like desiccated mummies with like thousand year old newspapers and shit.
2: Yeah, this is cool. We we realize we're in a subway terminal. Like this could be New York City or something, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Yeah, I mean, he says a subway, right? Jake does.
0: Yeah, Roland doesn't know what that is, but I think Jake does say it.
1: And to me, this feels like foreshadowing. I'm not sure if it is. I'm sure. I I think this whole book is probably foreshadowing, but uh, this whole like situation. Uh and even Roland is like trying to question like what the hell happened here. Like what killed these people?
0: Yeah, their best guess is uh it was some kind of like gas warfare chemical warfare attack.
1: Yeah, because they're like mummified and kept intact intact. And Jake like threatens to stay behind and goes running into Roland's arms. Yeah, Roland loves like, every second of it.
0: Yeah, you're, you're not going to stay behind. Um, <laughs> come on, let's go.
1: <laughs> come on. Let's get out of here.
0: And then eventually uh, they make their way to this like huge chasm that's spanned by this like badly deteriorated trestle with, like, they decide that the, the cart is too heavy, that like, they're not going to chance the cart on this because it looks like it might fall over. And Roland's like, all right, we're going to walk from here. You go ahead because you're lighter, and you'll be able to, like, test the sturdiness.
2: Some real Lord of the Rings vibes here, huh?
0: Yeah, this is exactly like uh, the Bridge of Khazad Doom and Moria. But I also think that it's interesting that... uh. Roland would be like the guide figure here. So I guess he would be Gandalf. He's the one that, uh, lets the uh, hobbit fall so he can get to the other side instead of sacrificing himself. Yeah.
1: Maybe we just don't know that Roland is Frodo.
0: (laughs) All right. So, uh, they're crossing this, uh, trestle over like the pit of doom. And they're like walking cross tie by cross tie, and more and more cross ties start to be missing. And like Jake has to jump over a couple places. Roland can like step over with long steps, but Jake's too short. He has to jump and he almost falls a couple times, but they make it until they're like 30 yards from where they can see. Uh, the light of the end of the tunnel, and that's when the man in black shows up and is like, "Hello, boys." Steve, do you still not care about Jake
2: <laughs> at this point? No,
1: actually, I think this part made me care about him less.
2: <laughs> oh, nice. Wow.
1: Uh, I thought at this point it was like a little confusing as to like why he's the one who fell, even though Roland is heavier. I mean, I know they're like both on the same thing and heavy. I don't know. It just seemed kind of stupid.
0: He just like lost his balance when Roland didn't. Basically, that Roland's sounds like trade. his own
1: fault and not Roland's.
0: Well, Roland could have like helped him and if died he, if he wanted to like let the uh, man in black escape.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what the man in black said.
0: But yeah, basically, like he says, "No more games. Come now, gunslinger, or catch me never." And the railroad trestle is like breaking under their weight and teetering, which causes Jake to lose his balance and fall. But he catches himself by like one hand, and Roland like looks at him and looks at uh, the man in black making his escape. And then he just like jumps to the other side and leaves Jake there to die as the trestle collapses.
2: And we get one of the most memorable lines from the book, I think.
0: Go then. There are other worlds than these. Ba, ba, ba.
1: I was actually convinced that Jake wasn't dead
0: right now. Yeah,
1: I was like, I was like, he's fine. <laughs> he's gonna walk up around the cliff and be like, "It's okay, I'm not
2: dead."
0: <laughs>
1: but maybe, maybe that is me caring them because that, oh, that's like wishful thinking, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. If you really didn't like him, we'd probably be happy he was gone.
1: I mean, it's been pleasant since he's been gone.
0: All right, so then uh, Roland makes his way out of the tunnel here and catches up with the man in black finally. They walk together to this hill of skulls, Golgotha, they call it, out of the Bible. It's uh, this hill that's littered with the bones of animals. And uh, they sit down on some old, like, petrified ironwood logs and have their palaver. Th- this is great.
2: Uh, he's going he to pull out
0: tarot cards,
2: basically, and kind of predict his future. He says...
0: <clears throat> well, first, uh, he takes his hood down, and we finally see his face, and Roland's like... I expected an older man. Why? I am nearly immortal, as are you. For now, at least. I could have taken a face with which you would have been more familiar, but I elected to show you the one I was uh, born with. So we kind of get the sense that this guy is more than human.
2: And also human. He's maybe hinting that Roland might be more than we seem to.
0: True, true.
1: He almost makes it sound like it's shitty to be a mortal or a human. <laughs> like he's pissed that he's he was born. Or exists.
0: I think he's just kind of letting on that he's showing Roland his true face instead of like a disguise that he usually wears.
2: Like Martin. Yeah. I know what you mean, though, Steve. He does have this kind of don't care attitude, but he's also jaded. It's like he's jaded. Pissed. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. He, jaded. He's like, why are you so fucking important? He's ashamed yeah. to
0: admit that he's he was born just a regular person.
2: I think he's upset. He become that more. Maybe I think he's upset that maybe he's. Having to deal with the gunslinger here, too, that he's been persistent enough to catch him, you know.
0: He also well, he was zine jazzed about it. He's like, This is my job.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's
0: like, Fuck you, man. He seems to be enjoying himself. He's like giggling practically the whole time.
2: He's always, yeah, kind of enjoying himself. Uh, he definitely loves the sound of his own voice.
0: He gets mad, too, though. So let's get into this tarot reading. Uh, do we just want to like popcorn this? This is kind. Of, it's kind of a really long reading section.
1: Sure, let's do
0: it. All right, you start, Steve.
1: Yet you have no idea how close you stand to the tower now, as you resume your quest. Worlds turn about your head.
0: The subtitle of this book is Resumption. By the way so that's the theme that the man in black seems to uh, harp on
1: so he draws the first card the hanged man the man in black said the darkness had given him back his hood yet here in conjunction with nothing else it signifies strength not death you gunslinger are the hanged man plodding over onward toward your goal over the pits of air. You've already dropped one co traveler into that pit. Have you not? I'm not sure if I said air right, but. N A apostrophe A R.
0: I'm not sure if there's a right way to pronounce that. NAR. I don't think it ever comes up again.
1: <laughs> Popcorn Zach.
0: The sailor. Note the clear brow, the hairless cheeks, the wounded eyes. He drowns, gunslinger. And no one throws out the line the boy Jake the third card was turned a baboon stood grinningly astride a young man's shoulder the young man's face was turned up a grimace of stylized dread and horror on his features looking more closely the gunslinger saw the baboon held a whip the prisoner the man in black said the fire cast uneasy flickering shadows over the face of the ridden man making it seem to move and writhe in wordless terror. The gunslinger flicked his eyes away. Popcorn Jake.
2: (sighs) A woman with a shawl over her head sat spinning at a wheel. To the gunslinger's dazed eyes, she appeared to be smiling craftily and sobbing at the same time. The Lady of Shadows, the man in black remarked, Does she look two-faced to you, gunslinger? She is. Two-faces at least. She broke the blue plate. What do you mean? I don't know. And in this case at least, the gunslinger thought his adversary was telling the truth. About not knowing about the blue plate, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. A grinning reaper clutched a scythe with bony fingers. Death, the man in black said simply, yet not for you.
0: Never for you, gunslinger.
2: The tower, the man in black said softly, here is the tower. He places the tower directly over Roland's card, the hanged man. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. The man in black turned the seventh. A sun
1: rose in a luminously blue sky cupids and sprites sported around it below the sun was a great red field upon which it shone roses or blood the gunslinger could not tell perhaps he thought it's both the seventh card is life the man in black said softly but not for you flips this one into the fire See, I didn't like that in the book. Not not, not that I didn't like the story, but like, fuck the man in black for burning that card. Because <laughs> I feel like he was like, I don't like that. And he like burned it. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I think like he says, uh, you're not supposed to like place the seventh card. So like, he didn't have to burn it, but he was just like, oh, this is cool. I'm a badass.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's... <laughs> So at this point, Roland's like had enough and he's like, yeah, if my guns don't work on you, I'm just going to try to like choke you to death with my bare hands. And the, uh, the man in black pulls a move out of, uh, adventure time where the lich is like sleep. sleep and Roland like, uh, falls into a vision basically.
1: And this is freaky as fuck.
0: Yeah, I love this part. This was like my most memorable part. The first time I read this, I was like, damn. He's like, I don't like space. Get me out of space. (laughs) So he seems to see like this biblical version of creation kind of where the man in black is narrating and out of like this void comes like he's like, there's water and now there's land. And what about plants to be on the land and animals and people? and let there be light
1: on the seventh day i feel like the man in black here is mocking christianity
0: yeah definitely i think he's also playing up this uh i think stephen king is mocking
2: of, christianity i don't know if the man in black actually knows much
0: about <laughs> i'm sure he does i mean a person
1: who is in gilead doesn't know anything about christianity
0: yeah, I
2: mean, we get the man Jesus, but we—I I think it's so diluted. I don't know if you could like say that that's like
0: Christian faith or not. It is for sure, and also the Let man there Black has been to like regular America like bunches of times.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're
0: right. You're right. He's a man who knows like almost everything to know in the universe, as we're about to see. So, uh, he's playing on this like dual meaning of light being like both physical light and like enlightenment, like knowing, uh, the nature of the universe. So as like this vision keeps expanding and Roland falls further and further through space and sees like the cosmos, basically he's getting like the Carl Sagan treatment, his, uh, understanding of the universe also grows. So he sees like the planets and the solar systems and stars, and then the stars like start to group together into galaxies, and the galaxies start to like merge. And there's this like,
2: uh, okay, I'll just go with
0: this quote here The stars themselves began to shrink, whole nebulae grew together and become glowing smudges. The whole universe seemed to be drawing around him. And Roland is like freaking out at this point because it's just like blowing his mind and it's too much for him to handle. The man in black is like, you could quit if you want. You could cry off the tower and go home.
2: And And Roland is
0: like, no way.
2: Well, if he
1: hadn't said cry off, Roland might have done it, but then he had to taunt him with something that court said.
0: Oh, What was that? I didn't pick up on that. Cry off. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just like what they say for give up, I guess.
1: It's still like the only place in the book that we've heard that. That's True. interesting. I basically, so, like, he just knows the, he knows him and he's like, I'm going to pick you apart.
0: Yeah. He knows that he doesn't want anything more than a tower and he's just going to, like, use that to uh, manipulate Roland. So then finally there's this like huge flash of blinding light and Roland thinks that he like, clutches at something of great cosmic importance just before he loses consciousness in the vision and then just kind of wakes up around the campfire with the man in black again.
1: You did fairly well, the man in black said. I never could have sent that vision to your father. He would have come back drooling. And see, again, he's just taunting him. You know, like, he's like, your, <laughs> yeah. your father's a, a cuck and is an idiot. Like, it, it's just there to piss off Roland.
0: Yeah. So, at this point, the man in black uh, explains a few things about how he works. We find out that he's the minion of someone called the Crimson King. Uh, I am the minion or sorry he says I am the furthest minion of he who now rules the dark tower, and earth has been given into that king's red hand. And Roland asked for a little more detail and he says, Never mind, we'll not speak of him, although you'll learn more than you care to if you press on. What hurt you once will hurt you twice. This is not the beginning but the beginning's end. You do well to remember that but you never do
1: that is some foreshadowing that I don't know if I feel like predicting right now but <laughs> let's hear it Steve
0: so he looks like he really wants to say something
1: it's just like to me I don't know I I think I've like I've been told that about the ending of of this series not I don't know any details I just know how people felt about it mm-hmm. and I think I have an idea of what it could be and it just pisses me off with that quote but you know I don't want to go too deep into that because I don't want to ruin the series of people haven't read it but how about at the very end I'll say super duper you want to hear Steve's predictions Okay, and you can then you can wait for that but I, I won't <laughs> say that now
0: So Roland reveals that the thing that he saw at the end of the vision was uh, a single blade of purple grass, one single blade of grass that filled everything. And I was tiny, infinitesimal. So this is kind of like that theory that everybody likes to talk about when they're stoned, where you're like, what if we're like in a universe that's just like one atom and a giant scrotum?
1: Yeah. Impossible. It would be in a uterus, probably.
0: (laughs) And the man in black picks up on that and he's like, size is the thing that defeats us, man. Size, gunslinger. Or, uh, does somebody else want to take this? I've been reading a lot of these quotes, I guess.
2: Popcorn Jake. Size, gunslinger. Size. Yet, suppose further. Suppose that all worlds, all universes, met in a single nexus, a single pylon, a tower, and within it, a stairway, perhaps rising to the godhead itself. Why would you dare climb to the top, Gunslinger? Could it be that somewhere above all of the endless reality, there exists a room? You dare not.
0: This Just is another taunt. Real mind-blowing shit here.
2: Woo! Yeah, he is giving Roland a lot of information.
0: This is the best description we have of what the Dark Tower actually is so far.
2: Yeah, this is a huge information dump right here. you dare
1: not kind of just another taunt makes yeah. me think it's bad to go up there,
0: but well, I mean, maybe that's what he's implying. If you met God, would you stay sane? I mean, maybe that kind of knowledge would just destroy you completely. That vision that I mean, you just it, got
1: almost dead. If I'm on that plane, I hope that God brought his, his uh, guns, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. Steve, this, this isn't preacher.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean.
0: That comic book Preacher. It's a show on AMC actually, too, now. One of the guys.
1: Nice. You just spoiled Preacher for everyone listening. (laughs) Bleep it out. I'll bleep it out.
0: All right. So uh, he says that Roland will face the man in black's king, but first he must meet an ageless stranger. His name is Legion, and he is also a minion of the tower. And beyond him lies the tower and what it contains.
1: Nice. So like a battle, something standing in the
2: way.
0: And uh, from there, Roland like basically just falls asleep again. And when he wakes up, it's like 10 years later and we see the bones of the man in black there. Or
1: what he presumes is.
0: Yeah. And that's the end basically.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if they give us any like foreboding comments on the way out, but that's it. It just like ends there.
0: So, what do you think of this Roland of the Shan guy now that you've been through a whole book with him here?
1: Uh, I think he's smart. Um, He's he's cool. He does a lot of things that are mission, you know, Ka, right? He's after, yeah, he's well, I mean, it doesn't he's also used love though and like found love in in this mission
0: and sacrificed um, it.
1: Yeah, I mean he also murdered it too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean he's willing to follow his mission for Ka, whether that hurts people or not. But he doesn't even know what the ending is. And this is like why I'm like already a little butthurt because I think that what the ending is is just a cyclical nature of maybe there there's two things that could happen like one everybody just fucking like it's just trash and like there's a big bang or something like that and the other thing is going to, that I think could happen is Roland for once in his fucking goddamn life sacrifices himself to help others um and, and that like maybe like has a cataclysm that maybe sense things back or like isn't exactly what he wasn't like. Maybe he didn't get Ka, you know, or maybe he didn't get to the Godhead at the top of the tower. I'm not sure. But like, to me, this foreshadowing is a little too straightforward for me. Um, but you know, maybe it's not, maybe I'm full of shit. So we'll see. We shall. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I I tried to say like which which are my favorite moments in this, and I think it is the fight with David.
2: That was badass. It's a great scene. I love it. I think I
0: like the uh, palaver the best at the end. Hmm. I just love the man in black. He's like so cool. The way he like speaks in riddles and shit.
2: I think on the second read, I can't believe he hasn't caught a bullet. like.
1: So good. Jake, stop fucking eating.
2: (laughs) I'm so hungry. Well,
0: uh, I'm really excited to get into the second book. That one is fucking awesome also. It's better than the first one, I think, for sure.
1: It's a lot more adventure driven. Yeah. It's nonstop action.
0: Well, Just uh, brain
1: them. Just brain them. They say that all <laughs> like, Just brain them. I'm like, okay.
0: That's one of Stephen King's favorite phrases probably is brain them. Which means
1: smash their head with a rock.
0: Or something heavy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, do you want to call it here? We've been going for like three hours.
2: Yeah. It's a long I think one. Steve should get off and then me and Zach should do a full series. Spoilers.
0: well Steve has to edit it so (laughs) (laughs) I'll
2: just take your word
0: for
1: it that you like don't like belch into the microphone
0: (laughs) nah we can do a full series one later yeah I'm just kidding that's that's another episode for another time let's see how many books are there eight football boys seven main ones and like uh, a prequel one kind of
1: okay that won't take me too long that's probably like about probably like six
0: months not all of them are very long either like uh, some of them are long and some of them are like ten hours
1: I mean this first one was a short story it was seven hours listen
0: yeah it's not it's not uh, a memory of light for sure all right guys uh, thanks for joining us on this journey to the tower We're the Three Rivers Boys. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Rivers Boys. That's three spelled out. I'm Zach.
1: I'm Jake. And I'm Steve.
0: Thanks, guys. See you next time. Love you, bye. Three more bucks.